Morning, everyone. Um, great to be uh, great to be back with you uh, this morning. Um, maybe some of you weren't even aware. Uh, last last week there was a team of thirteen of us. Uh, this time last week we were in Burkina Faso, West Africa, and uh, actually this time last. Sunday, so we're at the same time, same time in Burkina Faso, so it's what, it's 11.30, and uh, they started their church service about 2 hours and 15 minutes ago, so this time last week we had been, uh, we had been worshipping and singing for uh, for 2 hours and 15 minutes, and we're about halfway through at that stage, and uh, so, um, so it's doubly good to be back at church for your in saying that, some of that we could there was uh, Justin as we were worshipped as we were worshiping and and uh, especially that raise a hallelujah that that song just almost felt like an anthem. Um, felt like there was a wee bit more. Felt like there was a wee bit more juice left in that song actually, and maybe squeeze a wee bit more out of it uh, after after we're done. Because I I I, uh, I hope that as we continue on in this series into the deep. That that is that is what begins to take place in us, in the midst of our enemies, in the midst of our unbelief, in the midst of those times of doubt, which for at times, if we're going to be honest, are so real. Um, the thought of being able to raise a hallelujah in the midst of that, it, it's it can only come from a from a deep place. It can only come from somewhere deep down in here. Because if relationship and all we're relying on is 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 on the surface, if our prayer life, if our experience of Jesus, if our worship experience, if our relationships with one another, if they're only on the surface, whenever it comes to the whenever it comes to those moments where the, the our enemy, the presence of our enemy seems seems uh, particularly real, when the doubts and the unbelief and the fears seem particularly closing in around us. It's from that depth, it's from that deep place that we raise a hallelujah. And that's what we're wanting to do as we as we go on in this series uh in into the deep. And we we started out two weeks ago and uh David picked it up again last Sunday. And I suppose the the, the, the one the one verse, the one place that we went to just uh just to start this conversation was in Luke chapter five. And just so that you're aware of it, just so that you are aware where we have been uh, over the last couple of weeks, just in case you've missed it, um, Luke chapter 5 has, uh, has the story of Jesus um, the preaching. Jesus began to preach and the crowds were gathering in around him. And so uh, he looked and he seen that there was two boats sitting at the shore and he, he asked, uh, he asked that he would could he sit and use the boat so that he could project his voice even further to the to those that were listening in at the same time peter was off to the side i think quite upset huffing to for the sake of a better term uh just really upset that he'd spent all night out in the out on the on the water trying to fish trying to do the thing that he'd been that he'd done all his life, that he'd been gifted for, that he'd been trained in, and he was mending his nets, having caught nothing that night. 
And um, Jesus used Simon Peter's boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put it out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And it was that it was that phrase, it was that it was that moment, and I and I know that plenty of you in the room have had this experience where as if as if everything else in the page almost becomes blurry and the the word that, that the Lord must wants to speak, it becomes like it becomes bold, it becomes bigger than everything else in the page. It's as if there's nothing else there apart from this one little line. Peter, it's time to put out into the deep. And I just, I, I, like there's times where I think back to that moment a number of months ago where in my quiet time I felt like it was, it was as personal, the, 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 word of, the words of Jesus felt as personal as they've ever been, as they've ever felt. As in the midst of reading that, it's like, Neil, it's time to put out a little deep. It's time you've, you've, you've spent in, in your prayer life, in your relationships, your experience of me, as wonderful as it's been and as grateful as I am for it, it felt like it's been on the, it's been on the surface. But the invitation of the Savior, the invitation of Jesus uh, to me, and I, what I believe for the rest of us is, church, it's time to put it out. Time to put out into the deep. It's time to go out a little deeper. And, and, and last two weeks ago, we, 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 we flicked backwards to Matthew chapter 13, and we've seen a similar a similar scenario where again Jesus has the crowds gathered in around him. They're starting to come closer and closer and so he sets, he steps into a boat, uh, moves a little into the shore and begins to preach. He begins to share this parable, the parable of the sower, the parable of the seed. And, uh, and in the midst of this, in the midst of this story, again we have some, I think we have language similar to Luke chapter 5 where Jesus says, it's time, in effect, I'm paraphrasing, but Jesus says it's time to dig a little deeper. He talks about this seed, and this seed that landed on soil that was shallow. And whenever the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they wilted because they had no root. And so in the presence of the enemy, when the heat came on, in the midst of unbelief, in the midst of fear and doubt. They wilted because they had no root. Everything had remained on the surface, and so whenever the scorch came, whenever the, whenever the pressure came, they wilted because they had no root. And again, as I read that a couple of weeks ago, I felt that same invitation personally and each one of us. Neil, it's time to put out a little deeper. Church, it's time to dig a little deeper. And I've I've realized I've realized that if this journey that we're on, if our faith experience, if it if all it does is remain on the surface, it won't survive. It won't survive. And even if you want to even if you want to debate that, even if you want to fight for that. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll convince me that it could survive, but you know what? It'll never thrive. And I'm passionate, I feel like really passionate about this series that we're in. It's f for the sake of 
for the sake of uh, our walk with Jesus, for the sake of our daily, everyday life experience, that something would happen. Something would happen deep within. Something would happen in the inner man, the inner woman that, that, would, that would reshape us. There would be a reshaping that would take place deep within us. And as I, as I shared a couple of weeks ago, I think one of the three are or the three of the areas that we that we want to touch on as we continue on uh, Sunday after Sunday. The three areas that we want to push in a little deeper is our prayer life, is our worship experience, and it's our relationships with one another. And so, so today, so this Sunday and over the next few Sundays, we're going to. We're going to again use the words of the disciples in Luke chapter 11 where when Jesus was praying, the, the disciples gathered round and when he had finished, they came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. And so that's the question that we are we're asking this morning. It's the question we want to ask over the next number of Sundays. Lord, would you teach us to pray? Following Jesus and going deeper means getting his ways into our everyday lives. And I think that's, that's, that's where this question came from. So it's, not the, it's not the words that Jesus was using. It wasn't the length of time that he prayed. It wasn't the theological phrases that he was able to to scatter into the prayer that he was praying. And I think I've said this before, it was it was something about it was something about how as the disciples watched Jesus, as they watched his interaction with with people around him, as they watched his interaction with the with the lowest and the lost and the least, as they watched him in the in the quiet place, as they watched him making a, a priority to go and be with the Father. It was that it was that everyday life. It was the ways of Jesus impacting his everyday life that caused the disciples to say, Lord, teach us. Teach us how to live like this. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to connect with the Father in the way that, that you do. And so following the ways of Jesus, it means getting his ways into our everyday lives. See, it's more than simply acknowledging the importance of prayer. It's more than simply agreeing with how vital prayer is to our ongoing relationship with him. It's more than acknowledging. It's more than agreeing. It's allowing, it, uh, it's allowing his ways to get into our everyday lives. And what, I, what frustrates the life out of me is that getting his ways into my everyday life, it takes so much longer than I wish it took. It, it's going to have to cause pushing out a little further. It's going, to, it's going to have to mean digging a little deeper because unfortunately there's no copy and paste. I 
wish there was copy and paste. I wish there was a way of of seeing, of seeing, uh, reading the stories, reading the experiences of people who have encountered Jesus in the most beautiful way in the place of prayer. And to put, uh, whenever you click on it and you paste it and then you just copy it straight into your own heart, into your own life. It might sound stupid, but that's sometimes I wish it was it was as simple as that. I wish there was a way of 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 just imitating what other people do. I wish there was a way that it could just be imposed. It was just almost like it would be superimposed from from outside of myself. And again, this is stuff that this is stuff that you have probably realized long ago and but I'm increasingly acknowledging that, that this it's the only way that this is going to happen is if it's shaped from within. That must be shaped from within, this following Jesus and getting his ways into my everyday life. It's gonna it's gonna it must be shaped from within. And so as, as Amy is talking about, about pr- a prayer, tomorrow morning we're gathering to pray. Thursday night we're gathering to pray. Part of me is like, what other way? What other way can we encourage people to be there? How else, like, should we spice up our announcements? Should we, like, should we, should we make there a reward for people that will come to the place of prayer? Because uh, increasingly, increasingly, I, I'm... I'm aware that the practice of prayer, it's the primary way. It's the primary way that the, that the Jesus way comes to permeate our entire lives. So much of this, so much of this feels really basic. So much of this feels like you've heard it all before. And the primary, the practice of prayer practice of prayer, this shaping from within, it is the primary way, in some ways the only way that that the way of Jesus, that the Jesus way, the Jesus way comes to permeate our entire lives. And part of me almost wants to stay, say that if if we're busy doing everything else, avoiding the practice of prayer, avoiding the place of prayer, avoiding the desperate cry, Lord, teach me to pray, Everything else, like this morning especially, just feels everything else is futile. Like everything else that you're trying to do, everything else that you're wanting to, to invest in and involve yourself in, if it's not coming from the primary way of, of allowing him to permeate our entire lives, then I want to challenge it. I want you to, to be really challenged with some of these thoughts, with some of this this thinking this morning. And this morning, uh, for a few moments, sometimes maybe we, we feel like this these verses are it's for Advent season or it's for Christmas time. But I want us to think about the prayer of Mary for a few minutes in Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Luke chapter 1, verse 38, 
after the, the birth of Jesus has been foretold. And the angel tells Mary how is this how it's going to happen. The power of the Lord is is going to come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. For nothing is impossible with God. And, and this simple prayer that Mary prayed, I've, I found myself just in this verse. I, I shared with you two weeks ago, uh, this is the first year in about four years that I haven't followed a Bible reading plan. I feel like... Um, it's almost heretical to even say such a thing. Uh, um, I've decided this year that I'm, I'm wanting to dig a little deeper when it comes to engaging with the word. And and uh, and so two weeks ago, I was in Matthew 13, verse 5 and 6, and felt like I was just there, the two verses that I spent about three or four days just meditating on Matthew chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. And over the last few days, since coming back home from Africa, we, uh, it's been that it's been that prayer of Mary that has that has struck me, and I've found myself just meditating upon that, meditating upon these words that she prayed: "I am the servant of the Lord. May it be to me just as you have said. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me." According to your word, some of your versions maybe say. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me just as you have said. And as I've read that verse over again in every version, for me it's, I believe that it's, that's the prayer that anchors this reshaping work of the Spirit deep within our lives. I think it's this prayer that Mary prayed. It's that prayer that anchors this reshaping work of the Spirit deep within us. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me just as you've said. And I think this prayer that Mary prayed, it, it, it was the prayer that formed Mary in her mothering of Jesus. It became, it, became the, it became the most important task. It became the most significant thing that, that she would ever do, I'm sure, was to raise Jesus. And I think it was this prayer that formed uh, this prayer that she prayed formed her in her mothering of Jesus. And I hope it's all right to say this, but I think that it was also formative for Jesus. I think this prayer that Mary prayed that had formed her in her following of Jesus, in her mothering of Jesus, in her serving of the Lord, this prayer that formed her was also the prayer that formed Jesus. And I hope it's all right to say that. Because it was, it was the prayer that formed Jesus as he lived. And it actually, it actually defined the Jesus way. This prayer, the prayer that Mary prayed, it actually defines the Jesus way. 
And Jesus himself, Jesus said several times that I only do what I only do. I only say what I hear the Father saying. I need to get to that place. I need to get to that certain place. I need to get up the mountain. I need to get away on my own because it's because that is what has formed me. That is what has shaped me. It's been the practice. It's been the practice of prayer that was so formative for Jesus. And he lived this prayer out. He, he, def- he used this prayer to define the Jesus way. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear him say. In effect, I'm, I'm, the, I'm here to serve. May it be just as you've said. May it be just as you have done. And ultimately, by the time we get to the end of Luke's gospel in Luke chapter 22, Jesus prays that prayer, sweating drops of blood in the midst of agony, in the midst of deep pain, in the midst of the, the darkest, most challenging time of his, of his 33 years, Jesus cries out, Father, not my will, but yours be done. See, that was the prayer that, that was the prayer that formed Mary. And I think it was the prayer that was also formative for Jesus. And we see it from the beginning of his life. We see it how, it, how he used that formative prayer to define the Jesus way. And ultimately, we see it in the, in the darkest, most painful moment when he says, it's not the same. It doesn't say exactly the same, but essentially, I'm the servant of the Lord, so may it be whatever you've said. Not my will, but yours be done. And Mary had been given the most remarkable task. It, like, it truly is. It maybe gets lost in the midst of the Christmas story, but what a, she has been given the most remarkable task the most remarkable task you could possibly imagine, and yet she understands herself. She understands herself as the servant of God. I am the Lord's servant. And she goes on in 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 this beautiful, beautiful prayer that she prays, the beautiful song that she sings, or poem that she recites, whatever it is. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He has been mindful of the humble estate, of the humble state of his servant. She had been given the most remarkable task, and yet she understands herself as servant. And I think servant, being a servant, was a prayed identity for Mary. Servant, a servant was this was this was a prayed identity for Mary. And again, if it's all right to say, I think it was the same for Jesus. Jesus, Matthew twenty. Matthew 
We read verse 25 in Matthew 20. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be, to be served, but to serve and gave his life as a ransom for many. This formative prayer that Mary prays was a prayer that anchors this reshaping work of the Spirit deep within her. And I believe it's the same for us. And I believe this, this idea of, of, of being a servant as a, as a prayed identity. A servant was a prayed identity for Mary. And I think it was for Jesus. I quoted from Eugene Peterson uh, a few Sundays ago in the build up to Christmas. As we read, that's the same verse in Luke chapter 1. Verse 38, what struck me about how Eugene Peterson um, paraphrased these words, he said that Mary prays God's action into her life. Mary prays God's action into her life. And so some of the questions that I've, I've been asking myself this week some of the questions that I, that I would be, that I would love us to push into a wee bit in our in our own in our own private thoughts, but also in in conversation with one another. I suppose like almost being really almost being really attentive to the verbs that you use, if that's the right way to put it. To consider maybe not. No, maybe that's maybe. Inviting you to overthink it, but I think it's been it's been a challenge for me the last few days. Just just acknowledging the verbs that I'm using when it comes to prayer, and so I'm asking, I'm coming away thinking, are my prayers demanding? Are my prayers demanding? As I think of the language that I'm using, give me, Lord. I spent. Most of my week in Burkina Faso, lying in bed, unwell, and everybody said, "Oh no." Uh, but I, but I'm aware. I'm very, very aware of the verbs that I was using. God, get me out of bed. God, make me better. They're the polite. They're the polite prayers that I was praying. But I became aware, it was in those moments where I became really aware of the verbs that I was using when it, when it came to prayer. And, I, and I, had that, I had that thought of Eugene Peterson's in the back of my mind several times throughout the last couple of weeks. Mary prayed God's action into her life. And as I think of the verbs that I use when it comes to prayer, so often it sounds really demanding. And actually there's times where it sounds really self-serving. There's times where I consider the verbs that I use that, I, that in some ways my, my prayers are separating me from others. Times where if I'm really honest, I'm, I, I'm probably identifying myself more with the Pharisee that stood and said, oh God, thank you that I'm not like the tax collector. God, thank you that I'm not like that. 
God, thank you that I haven't messed up that badly. I'm asking myself as I consider the verbs that I'm using, are my prayers demanding? Are they they self-serving? Are they separating me from others? Or are my prayers acts of submission that shape a life of willing obedience to the kingdom of God? Like Mary, am I praying God's action into my life? Like Mary, am I, am, I, am, I, am I wanting the servant? Am I wanting the servant to be that prayed identity that it was for her? Are my prayers acts of submission that, are, that, that shape a life of willing obedience in the kingdom of God? Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me just as you've said. Are my prayers, are the verbs that I use, are they, are they acts of submission that, are, that shape a life of willing obedience to the kingdom of God? And this is where I'm longing that we would, that we would put out a little deeper that we would dig a little deeper. And, and as we think of some of our, of our practices, as we consider what it's like to be silent, as we consider what it's like to, to, to find ourselves in a place of solitude, as we consider what it would be like to meditate, as we consider what it would be like just to find ourselves just in that place of centered prayer. I want us just to consider some things that are that they were willing to try, that we're willing to, to pursue anything that's going to help us put out a little deep, anything that's going to help us dig a little deeper. Let me pray. I don't want the silence to be awkward, but I just want to give, I just want, to, just want you for a moment to, if anything's made sense that you would that you would meditate on it for a moment. If there's anything that the Holy Spirit has stirred, any story, anything that I've that I've said that I just don't want the moment to rush away without without you engaging with with the Father. Without you just allowing the Holy Spirit just to to reshape or to point something out, to reveal something. Or even that you would just you would just ask him, this is my prayer, you just ask for a fresh hunger. It takes a moment and just ask for a fresh hunger and zeal to pray that prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach me to pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for... Thank you, Father. Sending your son and leaving your spirit till the work on earth is done. Holy Spirit, I just pray that within me that you find a, a desire just to do whatever it takes to, to put out into the deep. Thank you, Jesus.
we were in uh, just when we were in Burkina Faso this week. Uh, it, was, it was it's still an incredible experience for me to be in a place and 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 surrounded by by people who who have just caught the very heart of God, the very nature of the kingdom, and Pastor Eddie and his as is one of those people and um but just was a moment last Sunday morning when it, when when they read together when the church together read Psalm 121 and I just thought I have just thought about those verses that they were reading every day since since they read them together last week last Sunday morning I've come to realize that that Psalm 121 is it's it's an incredible verse, but 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 there was something about reading, hearing people in West Africa who whose cupboards are bare, whose families have been whose families have been broken up, have been separated because of AIDS. You have to decide whether to feed their children or to medicate their children. Hospitals filled with with kids, four kids to a bed. And 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 they stand and read Psalm 121 with great vigor, great passion. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. I couldn't help but think that there's something about them. There's something about uh, the people in Kudugu in Burkina Faso, West Africa, reading those words that just had such uh, such a profound impact on me. Because they, like, they truly understood these words. Like often we, where does my help come from? Well, yeah, it does come from the Lord, but times where thank goodness there's a couple of pounds in the bank thank goodness there's food in the cupboards but to stand and pray that prayer in the context that I found myself in it was like it, that can only come from a deep place like you cannot be in in the situations that some of those guys find themselves in and, and, and read that on the surface but keep your prayer life on the surface that comes from a deep place God, you're watching over me. God, you're watching over me. In the presence of my enemies, you're watching over me. When unbelief would be would be the easier option, when unbelief would be the more sensible way of thinking here, I know that you are the lifter of my head. I know that you're the one who is watching, watching over me. And and I'm hoping next Sunday that that uh, Daniel and Eli, the two youngest members of our team last week, will uh, will share will share a couple of photographs. We'll let you in. You'll you'll 
just heard from it all of us maybe enough times, but it'd be great if the boys could uh, rally up enough courage to 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 share a couple of stories next next Sunday morning. But I'd love to I'd love just to take a moment and pray for for Burkina Faso. I'd love just to take a moment and while we're praying for Africa. And no and I don't know if anybody has seen it on the news, but what's going on in Zimbabwe at the minute? I just think as the family of God we just need to be 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 ones that will not ignore it. We'll stand for the church in Zimbabwe. We'll stand for humanity in Zimbabwe. And, um, and so can we do that? Can we just take a few moments and just stand and pray for for these couple of parts of, of Africa? Yeah, Father, we, I want to pray for Zimbabwe this morning. And as a church family, as a as a community this morning, we are joining with the prayers of many today to pray for the government and and all of those that are in authority. We want to join together and pray for Christians in all sectors of society to be salt and light, with Christ's love and faith outworked in all that they do. And Father, we want to pray for individuals. We're wanting to pray for families and businesses and schools and the many communities that are suffering injury through beatings, shootings, looting, and other forms of violence at this time. We pray in the peace of Jesus. Peace of Jesus would come and, and reign in that nation. Your peace would rest. And Father, we thank you for Thank you for our experience in Burkina Faso this week. Thank you for, uh, thank you for those that have responded to the needs of the most vulnerable, the too often rejected. I thank you, God, for for stories of hope. Thank you for testimonies of uh, lives being made different. And Father, thank you for the foundation of uh, foundation of the church. Thank you for the foundations that have been built through leaders such as Etienne in this part of the world. And as they continue to serve, we pray that you will bless them. They continue to build a clinic. God, to take care of the sick and the needy and the poor, that you would bless, Lord. Father, thank you for Daniel and, and Eli. Thank you for what they experienced this week. God, I pray that it would be, in some ways, this would be a catalytic um, moment for them in their young lives. And even as they uh, back to school tomorrow, God, that the stories that they have, that the testimonies that they would share would be would do something in the lives of this, of our school and of this community. Um, thank you for the interest within the community for. Uh, the story of our week to be put up on our local Facebook page. We just pray for the words to use, the right words to use um, in that situation. And God, I just pray as each one of us stand before you now, just pray you would give us a fresh, uh, a fresh boldness, a fresh courage to raise our hallelujahs. We thank you, Jesus.
pray that you would, that you would bless us, encourage us. In Jesus' name.